Welcome to the very B-A-R-Y Necessary Podcast. Yes, play the clapping hands because I'm about to throw some hands. Oh, somebody just put the music on to stop me from talking. I feel real disrespected. Um, Lights, camera, action. That's what he said. Showtime. Hey. Hey. Mm-mm, come mm-mm, on with me. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Hey, I'm over here dancing. Thought, yeah. Really, y'all? Oh, my God. So dry. <laughs> hey, Tanya. Say hey to everybody, Tanya. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tanya. We got a friend today, y'all. Yes, yes we do. What a friend in I, I just want to. Oh. I just want to say real quick. Him, really, I just want to say real quick. How y'all act when y'all got a new friend and it's their first time coming over your house? Real fake, right? No. Like, no. like oh, you see yourself. Like you know, I ain't talking about us because you know we real. No. You talking about a male well, friend a or a female friend? friend or any kind of friend? No, I'm just talking about like your new friend, like your work friend or your um. Or your homegirl from work that y'all done got a little closer. You you know, when she come over, you be like, hey, girl, come on in. I didn't really clean up. My house so messy. Oh, that's you, me. Tanya, you know how people act. <laughs> that's me. Like, excuse the junk. Yeah, excuse the junk. And that junk been there for two weeks. <laughs> don't, don't act like that junk just got here. Girl, these kids right here messed up last night. Right, yeah. And I told him to go ahead on y'all. And then you start uh, getting the children in there clean up. Y'all pick this up. Y'all pick this up. We got company. And they looking like, why she got us cleaning up? And the stuff been all over the place. I remember when uh, we used to stay in uh, Section 8. And it was time for uh, inspections. inspections. Boy, look here. We was up all night they cleaning. Was, they was like Claudine House. Yes. Put the toaster up. <laughs> we was up all night cleaning. Make it sure, was not the clean, but sure we had Hara to clean. Shoe, make sure Harris shoes are all tucked under the bed real good. Can't be no men's clothes. No, no clothes was hidden. He, he had to yeah. Harold was not supposed yeah. to be there. Harold wasn't no. supposed to be there. <laughs> At all. Because your rent was $10. Yep. And if Harold was there, that rent was going to go up to $250. You right about that. Uh-huh. <gasps> But yeah. we're going to be on our best <laughs> behavior today. I'm going to try not to use no profanity. Um, I'm going to try. And, uh, okay. I mean, I, that's the least she can Yeah, I am. Because I'm going to be on our best behavior because we got companies. But she know us. With ass. Companies. But she know us. I know. But we still. Look, I went to the church and met Tanya and I didn't cuss at church. Because we was in the house <laughs> oh, of the Lord. Oh, my goodness. So but, you, uh, but but look I'm not even going to touch that. But look ahead. Them children was in there. I was like, praise the Lord. <laughs> Jesus, help me. Because I don't know how much I can take. Mm. No, children are beautiful. They are. Good ones anyway. Well, I mean, no, I'm not going to touch that one either. <laughs> you got something that's good. You got something that's touched by an angel. Mm. I used to work in the children's church. What you was doing in the children's church? I was Vaughn? doing. She was a teacher. I was Sunday school teacher. Come yeah. here, Vaughn. Uh-huh. I was Sunday school teacher. Yeah. Vaughn, um, the one that listened to all of the uh, sexual uh, mm-hmm. terribleness on. Her. Yeah, I do. This is the one who was Sunday school in y'all's children. That's you see right. That? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, we turn Vacation it on and turn it off. And everything. Look at that. Ain't God good. Won't mm-hmm. it take a wretch? <laughs> 
and clean up and wash her off and make her good as new, won't it? Oh, goodness. Yeah, won't it, Lord? Kids Come on and keep snow. doing it, Jesus. Keep on. You a way maker. Yes, he is. Glory. So, introduce our guest. I thought we was going to talk about our week. Oh. Oh, so what do y'all want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about Carol Grindle? Or do you want to talk about... No! <laughs> no! Don't no. go there! No! What'd she say? No! No, what'd she say? No, Rob! No, no baby suit! No baby suit! You put... You put unipom... Paul. You're the palm on. Oh, go that and way. Go that way. No. <laughs> we no. went to the we went to the spa this weekend. It was a beautiful spa. Shots out to King Spa in Chantilly, Georgia. No, VA. VA. Oh, excuse me, Lord. What the hell? I'm thinking about. I don't. I don't remix uh uh Jeju in in King. In King. It's yeah. um screaming. It's uh Chantilly Virginia's. And can we get a hand clap? Ah, damn. You done made me cuss already. <laughs> For those special ladies in San Chantilly, Georgia, especially uh my mommy who bathed, <laughs> who bathed me. Y'all, I'm a, I just want to tell y'all. Tanya, have you ever been to a, a uh, what, what would you Korean call it? Spa. A Korean spa. Oh, no. Give me the, the tea on that. Girl. So a Korean spa is where you go and get butt naked, and um, <laughs> you beige in the shower real good and get, um, you know, the screed off you. And then you go and you lay down on this wet table. Oh, wait a minute. You, you got to get dipped in the yeah, pool. Yeah, you got yeah, yeah, to get dipped yeah. in the pool You got to get first. moist and saturated, yes. and you got to boil a little bit in the hot tub. They call it the I'm healing. Moist. I dog. <laughs> that that part. And um so you go and you get in the jacuzzi and they finish uh boiling the streets off you. Mm-hmm. Cause we don't know what them women's was doing before they got there. And um then you lay down on the table. And them women's mm, I think they was ordained. I think their yeah, hands I think their hands was blessed. I don't know, cause that one I had. What's the What's the little Buddha? The little I Buddha didn't do anything thing? to it. I, she, know, I, I think Buddha <laughs> blessed all them little Korean ladies' hands, cause they came up in there with they bras. I'm talking about they they uh maiden form bras <laughs> and, and they and they black and tennis and they little short. black tennis skirts. Yep. And honey, they bathed me and Susie and uh, Vaughn for their dear life. They bathed us like. They owed money to the Korean mafia, <laughs> and they had to get their mom and dad out of jail. Cause it was wonderful. I said, cause, and and what did we get? A seventy minute treatment. Seventy yes. minutes. So we got a, a we got a body scrub, we got a a, a massage, and we got a facial. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you that lady ain't take her hands, I'm talking. About ain't took a break. She ain't had to get no water. Nothing. She didn't have to uh, call um, her boyfriend on the phone. <laughs> she didn't have to do nothing. She was fully attentive, and then when it was over, Tanya, this was the coup de grace. She walked me over. Yes. She yes. held my hand and walked me to the shower. Mm. Put the shower on and say, okay, I finished. 
And rubbed your back. And yes. rubbed my back. I said, Mommy, I love you. <laughs> she did. She did. I said, Mommy. Oh, good. Because I know that lady, we were separated at birth. Ain't no way that lady wasn't my mama baby me like that. What was this again? This was King Spa. Spa. In Chantilly. Chantilly. In Chantilly, Virginia. Virginia. Yes. Oh, I need a road trip. But yeah. I, I think Auntie, her sister. Yeah. She ain't like me. See, Vaughn is Vaughn was <laughs> she ain't like I think me. Vaughn was just tender. She, yeah, Vaughn don't I, like. I don't Vaughn like. Don't like she don't. Yeah. She likes mm-hmm. very uh, light Sensual. strokes. Strokes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I can do the mm-hmm. pounds, but but yeah. So um, <laughs> she just had her knuckles in my back a little too hard. Mm-hmm. The very next day, my shoulders was hurting. Now, me so and bad. Sue was fine, but yeah. uh, Vaughn acted like she got hit by a city bus. I did. <laughs> yeah, Vaughn was like, my I like, but I would, I would definitely go, go back. back. Mm-hmm. But I would let them know a little, you know, not too tense, not too mm-hmm. hard, just a little light. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't beat me up. But I didn't know it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was. The ambience was nice. Oh my the god! Pool. And the yes, pool area. We gonna show you a video beautiful. of the pool area, mm-hmm. honey. It was beautiful. It was nice. I'm like, I need to get my girlfriends and go. Yes. 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 Make and if that y'all a don't want to go that far, I mean, you have Jeju that's in Duluth, yeah. Georgia. But now, the ambiance of King Spa mm-hmm. was, was better everything. than Jeju. Yes. I like that. Mm-hmm. So, we're doing a spa tour. So, that was um, one of our spa destinations for the summer. And you, we talked you know, previously before the show about you doing self-care. Mm-hmm. So I want you to look into that. Do oh, that yeah. for yourself. Sounds mm-hmm. oh, fun. Okay. All right. And if you go, I want to go with you. Okay. I know, because I, I, w- I wouldn't mind Hey, let's set a date back. then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, you going to be all right with the nudity. I'm fine with it. Okay. I was born naked. You, you're okay. right. Okay. There you go. <laughs> and you're going to leave here naked, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. All right. Yeah, and it's only females in that area. But yeah. in the pool area, males and everybody. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you, but you, you, you're clothes. But no, you got your baby, no, you, you you got your your baby suit, suit on all under your lobe. Now you put your baby suit on. Do your lobe. And your lobe. <laughs> yeah. Look, <laughs> with your I, lobe. We're not going to talk about how these people assassinate <laughs> English. Because we oh, probably yeah. go over there and be talking. And they be laughing at us. So, yeah. yeah. That lady said side uh, what is she talking about? Sight. I look at her. I sight. 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 You should have known. Sight. Get on your side, lady. <laughs> I didn't figure that out until yeah, a little later. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Which she, is, she had to roll me. Yeah. So, yeah. But I figured it out. But what, what was the other one? So now what? we get back from the spa. Yeah. We done got off the plane. We done got on the little. uh the for in Charlie, in that's that's another backstory, but we, we ain't gonna go there. Um, and we take the little what's what's kind of the bus is called? It's the bus, the shuttle bus, the shuttle, shuttle bus. bus back yeah. to we the- take the shuttle bus back to our car. I don't know what in the hell. Now they seen the crazy lady. I didn't see her. Uh, we done made two stops. We get to the third stop. No, we get second stop. Yeah, we get to the second stop. I, Vaughn talking about, oh, Lord, somebody took my bag. Somebody took my bag. My luggage gone. We it's gone. And I'm talking about that lady. I'm telling y'all she was a witch because she had a broom <laughs> and flew to that damn car. She had to. Because there's no way she could have threw that bag in her car, crunk it up, and got all the way out that daggone um. 
What is it? The, the garage. The exit, the exit that gate. fast. Vaughn noticed it. The second stop, this lady was gone. I said, Vaughn, ain't no daggone way that lady gone And that the fast. first stop ain't far from the second stop. Right. Mm-mm. So Lord Jesus. I'm convinced that this lady was a witch. So we done went through her bags, y'all. So we could find her phone and her Kindle. And I, we was able to find her on Facebook. I pulled her picture up on Facebook. <laughs> I said, oh, hell, we got a problem. Yeah, she looked weird. She did. She, she looked very spooky. She looked like, what's the lady name off Poltergeist? <laughs> she did. Carol Carolyn Auntie. The I can't little, think of her little, name. Little lady. The short lady. The I little short lady about. with the squeaky shoes. So just picture the little short lady with the squeaky shoes that was calling Carol Ann through the TV. Mm-mm. Imagine the little short lady with squeaky shoes, five foot five. And that is the person who stole Vaughn luggage. But, you know, I'm so thankful, one, because I, I was supposed to have uh, drove. And that's mm-hmm. number one. Remember, yeah. I was going to oh, drive. Oh, yeah. We would have been stuck at the airport. Oh, no, we would have been fighting. Wouldn't have nobody left out there. Uh, <laughs> nobody would have left out of there. Number two. I would have shut the parking lot down. She left a cell phone and a Kindle mm-hmm. in her bag. Now, I only, I she had the first generation Kindle at that, the first generation. So, she had no identification in her bag whatsoever. The phone that she had was an iPhone, so it was locked. And it and was we, a work phone. And we figured that it was a work phone because she hadn't had any messages in two days. The one number that was on her phone, um, that person was acting like, um, you got the wrong person. Uh, somebody probably stole my, my, my identity and, and, and calling from this phone. And, you know, she was just not helpful. So I go through the Kindle, and I'm like, what in the world? This lady had no contact. And all I had was a first and last name. And she hadn't been on Facebook since 2021. Early 2021. Early 2021. So we was like, oh, And the pictures that people had commented on, they hadn't been on Facebook in five years. Mm -hmm. They probably did by now. They were old. Yeah. But anyway, so with our uh, private eye and you know we can't uh, we can't release our sources. We can't release our sources. Just but know, let me tell just you, know we can find any we found one that of y'all woman off a of first and last name. Yeah, but no Facebook. We found everything. And let me tell you something: if you want to try it, we come and get you. We can come find you. We'll find you. Cause um, we was gonna show up at her doorstep, and she didn't answer that phone. Mm. And then hold on, Vaughn. Tell them about it. So I called the lady. <laughs> So Vaughn troubleshooting trying to find the number. I'm calling the lady. She calls my phone back. I say, ma'am, you took my bag off the, because I'm pretending to be Vaughn. I said, ma'am, you took my bag off the bus, and I need my bag back. She says, interesting. Hmm. See, you done messed me up right there, because that ain't the response I'm looking for. I'm looking for, oh, my dear God, you know how to talk. Oh, my dear golly jeez, I don't believe that happened. My goodness, let me get that back to you right away. So I didn't get that response. She seemed like, what's that TV show with Scully and Molda on it? I I don't know. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Who is Scully? Scully and Molda. What? The the species show where they turn into uh, aliens. You know that I'm talking about. watch that show? Well, anyways, she was strange. She was strange. She was. 
with a K. And um, she was touched. She was like, "Well, I gotta get my dogs, and um, then I can meet you somewhere." Script dogs. If you don't turn your, I'm gonna be good. <laughs> ab- around here on the stem highway and get me my stuff. I will kill you, lady. What's wrong with you? You don't understand people and they so, dogs. So here she go. Vaughn talking about, calm down. Yeah. I got it. Even, no, 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 no. You said, here, take this phone from me because said, I'm about to say I said, something. I don't want to say. I cuss this lady out. She around here talking about some dogs. We trying to get the keys. This is some foolishness. And so Vaughn just calmly, you know, she still wanted to meet Vaughn. I said, we ain't meeting her nowhere. She going to bring us them keys all the way to Columbia. I don't care. She did. she got to drive did. all night. She uh she did. She but came she, all the way to Columbia. And she lived two hours away from here. And uh yeah. yep. thank God good. She was a riding something that day. So if you wear if you have a black suitcase, please have something identifiable on your suitcase. And please watch your suitcase. Um somebody might sneak some cocaine on you. Steal your bag. We don't know. Yeah, because she wasn't even concerned yeah, about her bag. Yeah, she wasn't. She didn't care nothing about nothing. You could have took her stuff and she'd been fine the rest of her life. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, she was strange, though. Yeah, I, she I was mean. a strange little person. And um, and I think she thought all black people were supposed to um, be violent. She thought wild. they were supposed to act like me. Yeah, she's like, you're, you're um, just so, when, you're awesome. You're I'm, so awesome. Well, you know. I can't believe you, you just, what what you do for a living? Mm-hmm. Strip. That's what you should have told. Her. I should have said that. Mm-hmm. I you should have said, said, "Well, that. I'm an exotic dancer." Because she met us here at the club. Right. You should have said, "Well, I work here at this club. I'm an exotic dancer." <laughs> I should have said that. What was you gonna tell her? Your stage name was um, Juicy Couture. Okay. <laughs> you all right. Sweet Juicy Couture. Sweet Juicy Couture. Yeah, but yeah. So yeah, like Yoshi said, just be watchful of your stuff. Yeah. Even if you have a check bag, getting your bag off the conveyor belt. Mm-hmm. Um, don't take your eyes off. Don't of take your eyes off of because Charlotte, Charlotte, yeah, Charlotte came around. <laughs> Charlotte, yeah, I, we didn't know what that meant. People saying. don't care nothing about your stuff. They throw your stuff right. Well, on they that they told us that our bags are going to be on belt nine, and right. they end up being on belt ten. ten. Mm-hmm. And so Charlotte, Charlotte From came China. around mm-hmm. to tell us. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. It was an adventure. This weekend was an adventure, but it was fun. We had a good time. We always have a good time together. You got you some good, good girlfriends, huh? I might have to come join y'all. Okay. I don't Ooh, know. We get a, yeah, we get a little X-rated, Tanya. I don't know <laughs> if I'm... Your baby's going to come back and be like, Mama, what happened to you? (laughs) Who did it? Where they from? Leave them alone. Mama thug life now. We, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) You the porn. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) Susie, introduce Tanya to our listeners. Okay, everyone. I'm LaTanya Jackson. She is from Columbia, South Carolina. She received her MA in psychology from Charleston Southern and her MA um, in counseling with emphasis on mental health from Webster University. Tanya is a licensed addiction counselor who has over 15 years of counseling experience in both substance abuse and mental health counseling. Um, Latanya is known for her community, for her community engagement. 
and she has a proven track record in coordinating programs and community events. Latanya has secured grants for training and developed multifamily group curriculum. And that's how, um, well, of course, I met Tanya. And we was working um, at the local mental health here in CAV services. And um, she's just been, she's always been resourceful. Um, she assisted um, in YOLO Success Movement, which is our nonprofit. She assisted in one of our first um, events. So I was always grateful for her, and our counseling friendship became a real friendship. And so today, um, LaTanya is here to discuss her mission, and I'll just tell a little bit about it, and that's to assist women with their grief um, and to navigate in their new roles and to be able to function while being healthy mentally and physically. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Tanya to the Very Necessary Podcast. Yay! Welcome, Tanya. She sounds like she's somebody special. <laughs> you are. You yeah. are. I'm that girl. And yes. that's my fellow alum, because I went to Webster as well. Oh, yes. yes. So did I. Well, I'm glad to be here. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes. So, Tanya, um, what do you want our listeners to know about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. So, I am recently widowed. I'm actually 14 months into my widowhood journey. So, I'm actually 14 months into my widowhood journey. My husband passed March 29th or 2021 due to complications of COVID. So, it's been it's been a ride. These last 14 months, um, to say the least, I think, you know, what I learned the most is that through all this, I have to love myself mm-hmm. and put in some of those practices that I have been teaching my clients for so many years. Right. Mm. Um, so I start off with saying this. My husband died um, March 29th, and he quarantined. We were quarantining because we had COVID. Well, excuse me, let me back up. My baby um, had COVID. My youngest baby had COVID. Then my husband um, tested positive. And, you know, I thank God because I believe God orders your steps. You know, he looks out right. for, I always say he looks out for babies and fools. Right. Um, at that time, I was fully vaccinated. So although I had a positive test, I never showed signs or symptoms of COVID. Mm-hmm. So I was able to advocate for my husband. He spent two weeks in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I was able to um, nurture my babies back to health um, because of the vaccination. You know, right. I can't tell anybody what to do about the vaccination, but mm-hmm. all I can say, it, it worked for me, and I thank God that that was put in place because I realized it could have not only been my husband, but it could have been me too, and my babies could have been left without mm-hmm. anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's been it's been different. Mm-hmm. Um, just been different. Okay. Okay. Um, you said something earlier that you had to put the practice in place for yourself that you would do for your clients. How was that? How was that experience? I'm going to say this, and I'm just going to be honest. I met my husband when I was 15. I don't know why I didn't jump in that casket. It was because of God himself Mm. that that I didn't jump in that casket. I was able to function and keep on functioning because I I, I knew for myself that I had to put some coping skills in place quickly. Um, 
you know, and I, I say very early on, and no knocks to my mama, because she loves me, and she wanted the best for me. She wanted me to, because so many people were talking in her ears, she was like, you need to take some medicine to be able to function. I'm like, no, I don't think so, mama. I, I, you can go buy the medicine, because you're going to buy it, but I'm not going to use it. Mm-hmm. So she went and brought it, and it's still in the cabinet now. But I know I needed to be fully alert for my babies, and I couldn't depend on any medicine. No knock to anybody that needs pharmaceuticals, but at that time, I know I needed to be fully alert to get through the days ahead. Mm-hmm. Now, would the days ahead be easy? Mm-mm. No. They wouldn't. Nobody would never understand what was going on in my mind, what I was feeling. Um, I still, to this day, don't really know how I function. I say that, you know, these last 14 months have been my but God season because it was because of him that I'm still standing um, after we got through the first couple of weeks, um, you know, and everything started to become reality after everybody go home, mm-hmm. you know, everybody go home, everybody start checking on you, right. and the reality kicked in. The first thing in my mind was I got to get my babies in some kind of counseling because they're not going to tell me how they feel, especially my oldest who was eight at that time. My kids were four and eight when my husband transitioned to having. The eight-year-old was not going to tell me nothing, and I already knew that because, for one, He's an African-American black boy. For two, we already saw that he was having problems expressing himself when his daddy was here. And three, he had a very close relationship with his daddy. So you go from normal to crisis mode for an eight-year-old. How is he processing that? It took me a while, y'all, to find my baby a counselor. Because a counselor is like a liquor store. There's one on every corner. They popular now Mm because Medicaid is paying so they right. popular, but everybody is not doing it for the right reasons. Absolutely. And with me being in that field, what happened was I would get a recommendation. I'd be like, dang, I used to work with them. My kids can't go here. Mm. Like, dang, I know them. They, they just want the money. So, you know, and I keep saying God ordered my steps because when I did find a counselor, that counselor lost her father at around the age of 10. So it was like a perfect match for my mm. babies. Mm-hmm. So once I got my baby situation, I was like, okay, I got to get myself some counseling. Mm-hmm. Y'all, if y'all don't know what EAP is, please learn what EAP is. Any mm-hmm. company that has at least, I think, 100 employees have EPA. EAP. EAP, excuse me, EAP. So I always ever use my husband's EAP for his, for his job, and I was able to get counseling. It was short-term counseling, but it gave me something to hold on to. And I think that was the best thing, um, because after we was finished with that, he gave me a list of resources. Um, the first thing I did on that re- list of resources was I got myself into a 12-week group that was for people who lost loved ones due to COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, my husband died at the height of the pandemic. I could not be with him in the hospital. It was periods of times where we didn't even talk. We were only communicating by text. So you think about that grief coupled with the pandemic is different. Right. So, you know, I do this virtual self-help group. Has people from all over the world. Had people in, like, Jerusalem, and it was somewhere else across the seas. New York, I was the only person for Columbia, y'all. But we experienced so much stuff alike. And I hate to say it, but Columbia is so behind with the medical field. And I learned the things that other people were given that we wasn't given yes. here. That was helpful. The second thing on that list that he gave me was... A Facebook group for people who died from COVID. I got on that thing. Probably within a couple hours, I got out that thing. That wasn't for me. Mm. It was. It was not. It was too much. Um, the second thing was finding the next you a widows group with Maya Tyler. 
that group has been such a help to me because you have widows. And a widow is not what you think it is. It's not an old person in their 70s or 80s. It ain't, it ain't that, y'all. It's us young people these days. Right. Yeah. Maya lost her husband when she was in her early 20s. Mm-hmm. You got to think about it. I widowed when I was 39. It ain't, it ain't the old I people. I was widowed at 40. 40. Mm-hmm. Like, brand new 40. Yep. Yeah, it ain't the old people, y'all. Uh-uh. It's the young people. Right. But we don't have nobody that we can relate to. And here in no. the Columbia, South Carolina area, it ain't no help for widows. It ain't no widow support group. It ain't no widow meetup group. It's nobody that specializes in counseling or life coaching for widows. So I, I found that platform, and I was able to meet um, a group of women, and we started to work on a project. And I'll tell you a little bit later how you can find out about that project. But through my journey... I have become more in tune with my self-care, and I believe that self-care is really important to keep moving. I'm taking this time to learn how to love myself because if I don't love myself, who else will love me? In order to be able to take care of my kids, I have to learn that I need to rely on my village. I can't tell my kids to go downstairs and sit down while I'm upstairs and just be in la-la land because guess what? I'm not a parent in the house now, so I can't just send them downstairs with daddy for three or four hours and get a little bit of me time. So you know, being the independent woman that I am, I had to learn that I had to count on my village. And if I need a break, whether it's a couple of hours, a couple of days, I call on that village and I take that break because I still have to be me outside of mama. Um, luckily, I will say this, I never lost myself in my marriage like some people do. I still knew who I was inside my marriage. I still had time mm-hmm. where I did what I needed to do, what I liked to do. Um, and, you know, some people don't have that, so I never lost myself in my marriage. But when you talk about raising kids by yourself, and not just kids, but black boys. It's a lot right. of stigma that comes with that. And I experienced that stigma while I was married. So just imagine what I experience now when I'm not married, mm-hmm. when he's not mm-hmm. here anymore. Um, so, yeah, that's just a little bit about my journey. So did you feel like, um, I understand that you said that you didn't lose yourself because you still had, you know, your own separate identity. And, and Lord knows my friends sitting right here with me, they know I had a very full life. Right. Um, prior to my husband departing. However, I felt like I, I, I commonly refer to myself as this bird that's called the Jahan. And um, this bird is a, a one-wing bird. It's very hard for a bird to fly with one wing. And so it's a lot of days that I feel like I am flying on one wing. It's very hard. Like there are days that are harder than others, like our anniversary time, his birthday, my birthday, because I just kind of remember how we used to celebrate. And when I was uh, looking at the um, podcast you did with Dana Lewis, and she was saying how she constantly stayed busy to deflect from, um, you know, just grieving, I did that. So I just kind of put myself in that mode. Like I said, he's not here anymore. We have to move. We cannot stop. But there would be times where that little one-winged bird would come out, and I'd be like, this dude really ain't coming back. I'm, I'm really the free. It's, it's those moments. It's, it's those moments that just really, like, I, I thought this was a bad dream, but this is. Yeah, when reality, reality hit, it hits hard. He, he really ain't coming back. So, yeah. So when you, you talk about that, that's the stages of grief. And I, I, I cycle back to that first stage, shock a lot. Um, 
one thing that I have to do is get my mind into my heart. So there is times I have to say, Damien's not here. He's there. He's not, he's not away at football practice. He's not going on the trip. He is really not here. And so I have to say that sometimes out loud. And you say it just like that to yourself. He's not here. He's not coming back. I said it in my head. I don't say it out loud, loud. Yeah. I, I said it in my head. I have yeah. to remind myself. Because, you know, I have to remind myself. Because there were nights where I would be home for a long period of time and I wouldn't see him until <coughs> the next morning because he had like a track meet. Like right before he got sick, I didn't see, I didn't see him. I saw him like out the corner of my eye because he didn't come on the 12th midnight. So I have to, you know, remind myself it's not one of those nights. We're not in football season. We're in life right now. This is real life. This is not football season. Okay. You know, I, I look at, I look back now. I used to have a joke going on when my husband coached football. It was single mama season. Mm-hmm. I ain't in that single mama season. This is my life. And I say a lot of times, this is not life, but it is my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I do do that. You know, and you talk about those colossals of events. March 26th, which is a Jackson, you know, celebration in our household. My baby turned six on March 26th. My birthday was June 3rd. My anniversary is Sunday, June 12th. Father's Day is June 19th. My husband's birthday is July 9th. My son's birthday is July 17th. Do I move different now? Yeah, I move real slow when I know my baby birthday is coming. I usually have a plethora of things planned out for these next couple of months. But I feel myself moving slow. So my husband died last year in March. In June, I turned 40. We would have been on somebody's beach somewhere living it up. I would have had a party planned and all that. But I move a little slow. But you know what? Mama still show up and show out for her babies. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and you talk about that keep going, keep going, keep going. So I have not rested since my husband passed. I'm running off fuels, and, and I noticed that. So when I told my kids, we're not signing up for nobody's sports this summer. It's a summer of relaxation, but they got me. So I signed up for one thing, but I am very in tune with, hey, we need to slow down because my fear is that crash and burn. Right. I was that gonna, I'm I was moving so that. much yeah. and trying to do so much with my kids and keep them so much involved. And it's not just with my kids. Um, you know, my husband was a coach at Drew High School, so I do so much over there, too, and I have to slow down from that, too, but that's part of my support system. So when they call me and, like, Miss Jackson, can you do this, I never say no. I just came off of playing in a golf tournament in my husband's name, just came off of giving out, about to give out a scholarship in his name. So you think about that, and yes, I still work full-time, too. Somebody asked me at my baby's practice, you work full-time? I said, go ahead and get food on the table. But, no, you know, I, I do work full-time. You know, it's a stigma that you're a widow, so you hit the lottery. Right. Heck no. <laughs> Especially as a young mother because we are not entitled to any benefits until we're Social Security age. You can't get even their Social Security until you are either disabled or 60. 67. I'm a long way from 67. 60. 62. 62. And then 67, it increases. But whatever it is, I'm a long way from yeah, that. We so are. I can't plan my life Mm-mm. for 20 years from now because I might not be here. Right. God willing, I hope I do. But, you know, you know, it's a stigma that I hit the lottery. But you know what? People Mm-mm. keep thinking. We had that, you know, one point million insurance. Um, yeah. <laughs> <wrong>. <laughs> so, Tanya, I have a question. Um, and, and this is for either you two, Yoshi, either one of y'all can answer this, um, about being busy. Because at some point, you will have to slow down at some point. Either your body is going to make you slow down or something in life is going to make you slow down. And I think when I, my mom is a widow as well, but she was separated, but she was, she's still a widow because they were still married. And 
I'm looking at myself because I was really close to him. He was my stepdad. I was really close to him. And I know for myself when that summer, you know, I said death come in threes, you know, it was my cousin, my grandfather, and then my dad. And because I was raised from the womb as this man being my, my biological father that I thought, I remember when I was eight or nine years old, him and my mom, that's when the separation took place. But he passed away when I was 16. That was the hardest. Even though he wasn't in the house every day, and I'm just thinking about the your kids being around, even though I was not physically around him, we used to write, and he would call. I knew the situation between him and my mom. I knew they weren't getting back together, but he never, he never made himself absent from my life. And I just remember the day that we found out that he passed away because I was waiting for him. I was waiting for him to come see me that summer because he had wrote me and said that I'm in Charlotte now. I want to come get you for a few weekends, I mean, a few weeks. It was in June. I didn't find out until August that he had passed away, but he passed away shortly after I received his letter. Mm -hmm. And that did something to me. And I'm 16, and I didn't live with him. So with you both having children that were present, um, my mom didn't understand why I was so, why I had sorrow. Because, see, to her, she grew up in dysfunction. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in dysfunction. Right. You know, and I was hurt because I never knew my biological father. Right. And so by him being the only tangible person to me, you know, I felt an absent. And, but to her, she didn't seek any help for me, and, but I should have gotten it. So when you said your children, you know, you thought about them first and counseling, that's, that's a mother. That's what a mother does. They look out for their children's well-being. And I wish my mom would have did that. For, not, not knocking her because she, she's, she's a great mother, but I don't think she understood. Yeah. You know, she's, my mom is, I'm not saying black and white, old school, but they don't, she's like your, your eight-year-old, well, now 10-year-old, soon to be 10-year-old, hold the feelings in. They don't know how to express because they were raised not to talk about their feelings or express their feelings. And so I took that in consideration. And with having Maddie and having your boys, like just talking to them, because I know Maddie was close to Marion, and I know that your mm-hmm. boys, they're boys, they're close to their dad. You know, they're, they're going to do men and boy things. And I just I applaud you both for mm. um, taking the time out and putting them first or thinking about them first, you know, because it's so important as children we can take care of ourselves so to a point, but our children they depend on us. So I, you know, I just want to throw that out there. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I got some kickback about that. No, um, you know, one thing was when I first started counseling, my oldest was in championship basketball, and so we're gonna miss the game. And so somebody said, "Well, they can miss counseling." No, they need to go ahead and get this now because you know what happens. 
That will manifest into anger later. Mm-hmm. He's going to be angry because he didn't have that outlet. Yes, mm-hmm. I am mama, and by profession, I'm a counselor, but he's not going to tell mommy everything. It's like he don't tell me everything now. He goes to my grandmama and tells my grandma about all the drama at school, which is his great-grandma. I'm glad he has that outlet, but sometimes he's not going to tell me, and some of the things that he tells that counselor and processes that with that counselor about grief and the stages that he's in, he's not going to tell me. He's not going to tell me. And, y'all, kids have... They mature beyond their age because my baby, now, um, he's six. He would ask me some uncomfortable questions. I never ignore the questions. I process them with him. Like, you know, he wants to know if I'm still married to his dad. He wants to know if he's getting a new dad. Do I, do I brush that out? Well, I explain to him, who's your dad? Where's, where's your dad? He's always going to be your dad. And then I, I, I dig into that. Why do you need a new dad? And does he need a mentor? Yes, he does need a mentor. And I put them in... Um, my six-year-old, he's old enough to go in there now. He wasn't old enough. But my um, oldest is in Big Homie, Little Homie. Good so that program. provides an outlet for him. Mm-hmm. Big Homie, Little Homie is a mentoring group here in Columbia. Right. Y'all might have saw Jamal on the Ellen Show. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that that provides that outlet. Another man that pairs up with him. When it's time to have a war ceremony, it has to be attentional about what I do because I would have all women there. But you know what? When he got awarded by the school district the other, other week, I made sure a man was there. Because a man has to be part of his support system. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, when my husband was alive, I was always an advocate of there's some things I can't teach my son. I had to tell my cousin, you need to let that man be around your child because it's some things we can't do as mama. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but do I have those uncomfortable conversations when they arise? Yes, I process them. I can easily brush them off. But we got to process it and dig deeper into what they're feeling and let them have that outlet. Another thing I do with them is, like, it's called conversation with cookies. Um, that gives us time to have somebody that was close to my husband bake cookies for us, and then that prompts questions about my husband and his career and him as a person. But, yeah, I, I have to make those hard decisions for my own, for my kids. And I think when people look at me and they, they say why she's not cheering up, because my first thing was, oh, my gosh, what am I going to tell my kids? How are they going to react? And I kind of push my feelings to the side for a minute because I grieve for my kids. Cause they didn't ask for the situation. Right. You didn't either. Right. You didn't well, ask for well, it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I keep saying, is this my life? But really it is, you know. Like, I want to pinch myself, you know. You know, can we just go back and rewind? Y'all, but there, there were signs. There were signs. God sent God me signs, and there were signs. I'll never forget, maybe about two years before my husband passed, my <laughs> kids were getting on my my dang old nerves, just running wild. And I'm in the bathroom. They doing boys things. They're just running wild. I'm like, Damien. Come get your kids, yo. Get your kids now. He's like, Tanya, it's going to be a time you're going to have to raise those boys by yourself. I thought he was having a dang on me like crisis. I ain't paying no attention. <laughs> but you know, they say right. for widows, there's a time that you're warned, but you don't understand when you're warned. Yeah. And so I guess it was my time. But I'm like, well, what you talking about? Whatever. Come on, get these dang on kids. You here now, you better get them while you're here. <laughs> how soon, how, how, how much how long was that before he had passed away when he said that? It might have been like two years. It was before okay. the pandemic. Okay. But God knows we never knew a pandemic was coming. Right. And, you know, the, when you say they come in threes, his aunt was one of the first ones to die from COVID. Like, the end of, was like the end of March, beginning of April. And then his uncle and his aunt died like two weeks apart. Then the very next year, coming up on the cusp of their anniversary, he passed from COVID. So that's just crazy how life hits you. Right. It's, you know, we would have never predicted. Yeah, did he have, have problems? Yeah, we all did. But we would never predict that a pandemic would have took my husband. And not only did the pandemic take my husband, it took more than my husband. And I don't think people realize that. 
the pandemic robbed me of a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, especially yes. when, like you said, you weren't able to see him, visit him. Just think about your loved one having to pretty much transition yes. by themselves. You can't get your last word in. Yeah. You, and then you, know, you couldn't have a funeral, right? We had a funeral. Oh, you did have a funeral. Um, and y'all, when they called me up to the hospital, I was ready to go. Oh, y'all gonna let me in the room? They what you? They they won't let me in the room. Well, what the hell y'all call me up here? So I got to talk to him through the window. But you know, God sends people, and I know it was hard on her. But the respiratory therapist and I thanked her, and I and, I, and you know, I thank Angie too. Again today, um, she was a coach's wife, and so somebody that he knew was in the room with him. And even though I couldn't go in the room, she was in there, and you know that brings me a sense of peace. And you know, I, I have to say, you know, did I, I question myself about did I do the right things? Because I put my kids in the room when I called the ambulance. My husband walked out the door, y'all. So you know, never thought he would not come back. But I, I strategically placed him at the hospital that his brother worked at, so my brother-in-law was able to see him not go in the room, but go by the room and wave at him. Mm-hmm. And and you know, so I say God placed people there, even though I couldn't be there. But my husband knew I fight it hard for him on mm-hmm. this side. Because when I did open up the text, people were texting him and stuff. He was like, y'all, just ask Tanya. She know everything that's going on. And so he that brings me confident that he knew I was fighting for him. But, yeah, the pandemic stole a lot and mm-hmm. pushed me into roles that I was not ready, ready to step in. I wasn't ready to be. And I'm not a single mom. I tell you, I'm not a single mom because I'm a solo parent. My husband still parents from, you know, mm-hmm. from heaven. He still parents because the legacy that he left behind. Mm-hmm. And he left a legacy yes, behind. Because um, I can't go nowhere. When I say nowhere every day, he's still with me because somebody is like, oh, I didn't know that was your husband. Well, who are you? You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, okay, well, you talk, well, you went to Florida, where, where you know him from? So every day, somebody shows up that was connected to him. Um, and it's crazy, but he, he's still with me. Um, he still walks with me. But when we talk about the summer months, I move a little different now because that was our month of celebrating. Do I still push through and shine through for my babies? Of course. But I, I do feel myself moving a little different. So I will say this. I am in counseling myself. So after, EA, um, after doing the EAP, um, I, I did connect with a counselor. Um, but I, I'll be honest. I think the widow group on Facebook that I'm in, it's, it's really helpful. I think it's really, really helpful. When you first became a widow, if you don't mind asking, did you feel like there were resources out there to help you? No, I I wasn't referred to any. Nobody gave me any, and I want to say maybe a week after everything was over, all the phone calls stopped. I mean, other than these two ladies, the the people coming by, bringing things, coming by, just sitting with me, that that just ceased. So, my my. My word to a, a newly widowed woman is that don't get used to that. Don't put yourself in that mind frame that somebody's going to come by today and, and talk me through this because it may happen, it may not happen. Um, I mean, it's a process. Even um, I know you're probably not where I'm at now. My, I've been a widow five and a half years. So I've dated and I was scared to date I gave myself a minute to be single but I was scared to date but you know I was a young woman I had just turned 40 he died three days after my 40th birthday so I just turned 40 I still have womanly needs I want to you know have affection I want to be in a man's presence I want to go out to eat so I gave myself a little while um and I, I told the first gentleman that 
you know, tried to pursue me. Hey, if you ain't got no good intentions, don't come in here disturbing what I'm, I'm trying to heal, sugar. Don't, don't do it. So be very intentional. I know you're not there yet, but be very intentional and make it very clear. But I think with this situation, it has made me very outspoken when it comes to dealing with men and telling them how they will treat me. Because my husband put me on a pedestal and he treated me away. And now I, I am very verbal to anyone. Hey, I'm not here to go to bed with you. I'm not here to play no games with. Set those boundaries. I, I, I was yeah. a wife. I enjoyed being a wife. So if you're not coming to court me to be my husband, go find somebody else to play with. I'm still a little wounded one-winged bird. Don't come over here trying to rip off my other damn good wing, please. That's why I get so mad. Because I don't want to be messed with. Right. It's, it's 50 million right. other hookers out there who right. don't mind you running through them. Right. They don't mind being another woman. They don't mind... Uh, disrupting their peace, right? right. But yeah. don't please don't do that to me. And, and my my prayer for you is that anyone who comes in your space to suit you and become part of your children's life, that he's very intentional about loving you, and he can never fill your husband's shoes. But he needs to know that don't take your last bit of healing away from you. Don't take your last bit of happiness and peace away from you. That that's that's just cruel. That's cruel. And I pray that that does not happen to you. So in the widow group, we talk about the chapter two. We call them the chapter two. The chapter two, that's mm -hmm. the new book? Okay. Yeah, so we have some conversations about the chapter two. Um, yeah, and, then, you know, I, I jokingly say if and when that point comes, God and Damon's going to have to get together and let me know they send that man down here. Cause I, I know I, that's I, right. I, I, like I don't that. know. People crazy. I like that. Here. I know. And, and you know, right. I have boys, and men like little boys, so I'm kind of skeptical about it. But you know, yeah. if and when it's time for me to get that chapter two, if I come across there, you know, God damn, gonna let me know they they sent him. Um, but Amen. we do talk about that in the widow group. You got that? You have to get on that girl. They, it's funny. Um, one of the ladies, she had a whole chapter two and dated, ain't tell her family nothing until they was about to get married. Oh wow! Um, so yeah, we call it the chapter two. Okay, like that. that's that's, like that's that. appropriate. Well, I just, it, it, you know, it is the next chapter. Mm -hmm. I wanted to speak on real quick about how Vaughn's mother kind of handled the situation because I'm, I'm just going to be totally real. Um, I don't know what was going through my mind at the time my husband passed away, but I feel like I was busy, but I was not present. Mm -hmm. So I might have dropped the ball when it came to getting Maddie counseling in the beginning, because I didn't go to counseling in the beginning. You didn't. And we, I think so, we were kind of concerned and, and, about right. that. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't do it because I felt like if I just stay busy, I'll be okay. And with her, I just felt like if I keep her busy, because she was busy, she was cheerleading, she was playing soccer, singing lessons, I just ultimately dropped the ball there. I, I, I tried to heal her in the way I was healing, and I really wasn't healing. And so then, this was her sophomore year of high school when he passed away. Junior year, all hell, it, it went crazy. And so by this time, it's too late. I mean, I still got her in counseling, but it just spiraled out of control. 
And I think even still at that point, I still was not very present because I was just like, you know what? Can you just graduate from high school? Because I just can't take this right now. I just was kind of like moving through life. Like I just showed up every day. I showed up. I did what I had to do. But I was trying not to think too much into it. So I could see where your mom dropped the ball with you, Vaughn. Because I don't think she realized it was that she important. Didn't, right. She didn't realize it. Just like I didn't realize because this is not my child's biological father. However, he raised her with me. Um, I just didn't think it affected her on the same level that it did me. And she did have to tell me later that, Mama, you think you, you push my, you act like my feelings weren't as important or I wasn't as important to really hone in on when I really did need and I really did miss and want, you know, that, I guess, attachment with her stepdad again. But I just, I was, I don't know. I, I was not present. So don't ever be so busy trying to take care of the house, the kids, work, that you're not present. You got to always remain present. Hard. Yeah, it is. It's hard. It's times I have to stop and validate my my oldest feelings. Um, mm-hmm. girl, I don't know. It's something about that morning time we get into it. Um, and then he he's sensitive and you know he's crying. And sometimes he's crying. It has nothing to do with what I said. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, hold on, Tyler. What? I just asked you to do something. You're crying, and I know it's not about this. So we need to take a minute and talk about your daddy. Mm-hmm. We need to take a minute and talk about what's really going on. Um, and so I I noticed that when certain things trigger him. And I'm not really doing anything, but I'm being mama. I'm telling him what to do. I think it's me, and he's so tired of being around me. Did his dad normally get him up for school? Um, at a certain point, his dad would always take him to school, and then we flip-flop the kids because of their age. Um, so I, I, I know he misses his dad a lot. Cause he, and that was crazy that you said mornings because my husband took my daughter to school, and so after he passed away, it was very hard for me to get her up from school. And that's when we used to battle it out the most during the morning time. So, yeah. One morning I cried. Well, I don't even think nothing happened with us. I don't know what happened that morning, but I was crying, driving, crying, driving. Couldn't wait to get them to school before they can get out the car if I can pull over and have my whoops on moment. Um, And for me and my son, it's hard for us to cry. Not that I don't want to cry, but it's hard for us to produce tears. My my son has only probably cried twice in reference to his dad dying. Um, mm-hmm. One time at the viewing and Thanksgiving when we did a ritual to acknowledge his dad because I'm intentional about acknowledging his dad on all holidays mm-hmm. and all big events. People probably think I'm crazy because when you see my kids on Facebook and about to go to school or they haven't like changing events, they are by a picture that his students drew of him. Um, and I try to incorporate still my husband in the things, whether it's wearing a bracelet um, that says, uh, today is a great day to be great, mm-hmm. as a reminder of you can keep on pushing through and you can keep on persevering. I try to, you know, do different things. So for Father's Day, I'm going to ask them what they want to do for Father's Day, and I try to incorporate that into our day. So I'm very intentional about still um, keeping him alive in our home, but I also have to realize sometimes that's too much for my son. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. we got invited to Drew. He's like, I don't want to go. Okay, stay at Grandma's house. When it's time to go, I'm going, okay, you can stay or go. I'm not going to force you to do anything. Um, but I do have to realize sometimes the anger or the frustration is not about me. Right. It's about 
this new life he's living. Not only have I been pushed into a new life, he's been pushed into a new life he ain't asked for. Right. right. And I still question myself, did I do the right thing when I sent my husband to the hospital to kind of keep them isolated from seeing the ambulance and all that different stuff? Because I'm going to tell you, the devil will play on your mind. Mm-hmm. And um, your, the mind is just a, a thing that will play on your you too, especially at night mm-hmm. when you're in that bed alone. Yeah. Yeah, you're always trying to play back, like, what could I have done different? Because the night that me and my husband, uh, we went out, we had a great night, and it was crazy because it was like he gave me my roses that night. My my birthday had passed. Everybody had went across the room and talked, and then that night he said, you know what, I didn't tell you how I felt about you in front of everybody because, you know, I like talking in front of people, but... When I tell you, he um, spoke to me so sweet. It was, like, so beautiful. And I just kind of looked at him like, what's all that about? And here I am suspecting, well, what's this about? Because I ain't thinking he just going to profess his love to me at the Pearl's Oyster Bar, <laughs> you know? But it was just almost like he stood there and did his vows. And then hours later, he was no longer here. But I'm thankful to God that he allowed me to have that moment with my husband before he left. But I wish I would have appreciated it more versus thinking, what's that? So that's probably like my only regret. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I had somebody ask me, did I appreciate my husband when he was living? Girl, you know, people ask you some crazy stuff. I mean, yeah, I appreciated him. I'm still his wife if you ask me because I really don't use that widow word. Right. I'm still his wife. Well, I will always be. I say I, I, I still call mm-hmm. him my husband. So, I mean, I still wear my wedding ring. And I'm five and a half years in. I can expect for you to have yours on, but I still go out with my wedding ring sometimes. People will be like, I thought you weren't married. I am. Don't worry about me. Yeah. <laughs> Good way to keep some men off too. Yeah, I'm 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 married I'm married to somebody else wanna marry me. How about that? So yeah. Could you um say the names of the groups that you are in? Um just for anyone that may be listening that could, you know, tune in to some of those groups. Yeah, it's found in the next you widow moms community on Facebook. Um and her name is Maya Tyler. She is actually running a series for the Monday June. So if you join the group um, in the month of June, she's doing a series every Tuesday night. It's four series starting tonight, June. What the day is, y'all? Seven. June 7th. And they'll run for the next four weeks. Now, today is talking about solo parenting, and she's bringing in a financial expert. And she actually has a whole academy. Um, when I first met her, she said I didn't need the academy because I got most stuff that people already put in place because I was a counselor. But it talks about how to get you from point A to point B. She has a financial advisor, but I already had my own financial advisor. She has a financial advisor to kind of put you on the track that you need to be to start saving for your kids and just to be able to meet those bills that you need to pay. Um, I think that's important because how many people know what to do when they, when you're, you know, you use a two income and you go to one. Right. right. And how many people are actually saving up for college? You know, even though I started with my kids are very young, when I talk about it to people, they find it to be odd. Um, and so, yeah, she has, her sons were very young, and they're now in college, and she's able to send them to college without having to pay anything out of right. pocket because she has that cushion that her financial advisor, um, you know, made. You know, I, I say this, y'all make sure y'all paperwork is always in order. You mm-hmm. don't expect to leave this earth, but make sure your beneficiaries are correct. Make sure your paperwork is in order. 
and that you know no matter how young you are you you consult a financial advisor you consult a lawyer those things are, are important have those conversations about what do you want when you die Mm-hmm. I was you know, many people don't do that. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm gonna be honest. I I I had a great plot, you know, for the longest since I've been in high school, and my husband knew, and we never talked about that. You want one, right. so some decisions I had to make off of what I think, what I thought he would have wanted. Right. So yeah, having those conversations because you're never, you don't know when. Yeah, and just being prepared, um, which goes back to uh, DMX's fiance. I just want to speak real uh quick on that this is like her fifth or sixth time trying to appeal the decision of the courts to you know provide her with that monetary uh the royalties and different things but you are not his wife wife. you are not his wife um that's why it's so important to me to not be someone's girlfriend right um because i never want to put myself in a situation to where I ever have to struggle again. I was not prepared to be a widow. My husband did not have a job with insurance. You know, he was an entrepreneur like myself. So uh, when his income left the household and it was very, mm, I, I went from six figures to, like a thousand air, yeah, a whole thousand air, and and I had to do a lifestyle change, and and that's you know that's a lot, so um, I say that to these ladies who think you can just be with a man for years and years and years, I mean even with my uncle passing, my uncle was with this uh, woman, um, and I, I I talk about her as though she's my aunt, but they were together twenty three twenty four years. When he died, Mm-mm. nothing. I'm not going to invest that amount of time and effort and love and just my life into someone and then they leave me and I am not privy to anything but memories. That's craziness. So you do the due diligence. And if you can play the wife, we should be the wife. That, to weed the benefits of a wife. Amen. <laughs> if, if he already getting the milk from the cow. Yeah. Stop making it so easy for these men. That's right. Amen. And then their mama get the money. You looking like, oh, and their mama ain't going to give you nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Ching, ching. She going to forget you the whole play, play daughter-in-law. And you got babies gonna with really my son. You going to really know who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so another thing that I keep going back to this widow group, y'all. But one of the ladies that lead it, she actually became homeless. She actually wow. became homeless. And she's one of the, like, um, co-facilitators of the group. And she'll be speaking at Essence about her journey. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you see why it's important to have your ducks in a row? Yes, it is. Yeah. Tanya, this was good. Yeah. Yeah. Good, 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 good. And we have a, um, Vaughn, we have a gift for Tanya because we know it's your anniversary. Yes. And we know you're not going to be getting an anniversary present, you know, a tangible one anyway. I'm sure he'll send you a spiritual anniversary gift, but we just wanted to give you something to have. Now, this is just a bag with some self-care items in it. And, you know, just in case you got to take a little ride down the road (laughs) and ranch (laughs) off and do some grown-up stuff. Yeah, we we do them kind of bags around here. Y'all might want to come on the show and get some. <laughs> All right, take us out, Bonnie. Well, everyone, you can catch us on uh, all streaming platforms, Spotify, Amazon Music, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you can catch your podcast for free. You can also um, catch us on Instagram at the very V-A-R-Y Necessary Podcast. And send us an oh-so-very necessary letter to the very V-A-R-Y Necessary Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, every week, please do something to improve your physical, financial, social, emotional, and mental health. Why? Because self-care is very necessary. Mm